Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royal and Friends podcast. This is Walter Emerson. So if you've been following in the previous episodes, I've been talking about the uh, pursuit of the meaning of this moment I had with uh, realizing the importance of St. Joan of Arc in my life. And I've been taking you through the phenomenology, the influence that uh, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross had on me, otherwise known as Edith Stein. So you hear me refer to her often as Edith Stein because that's how she's known in the world of philosophy. And I wanted to kind of go forward here in terms of uh, talking about my pursuit because what I, what I call using St. Therese's language of the divine glance and Edith Stein's, I think, uh, complementary language of the unreflective certainty. It's that moment of intuition when you just receive something and you just know it. There's no deductive logic. There's no sort of, okay, let me put this fact, let me do a syllogism and have a major premise and a minor premise and see what I come up with. It's a moment of just intuitive certainty, and that was the moment that I had. And so as I've been taking you forward, I've been talking about uh, trying to see the world. It led me to try to see the world through Joan of Arc's eyes. And it was it, it became less of sort of an emergent quality where I go, you know, okay, I see the world a certain way, and Saint Joan helped me, and and I'm trying to do this, and Saint Joan helped me, and all and, and all of that. It really became more of a a reductive process of trying to say, forget about how I see things and and how I view the world. I'd like to know more about how Saint Joan views the world. Well, how can I know that? Well, I, I can't. Uh, you know, obviously uh, in any type of, you know, perfect way, but we can pursue the meaning. We can pursue it. And obviously we're aided, need to be aided by grace. Of course, we have to be living a sacramental life. We need to be going to confession and to mass and doing our spiritual reading and our prayers. And so without grace, we can't do anything, but we hope with grace to be able to uh, identify and learn because uh, I want to become more like her. That was my feeling. Was I, I was uh, I'd had enough of being like me. I wanted to be more like um, like her. Now, what I want to do is take you through something. That gets a little bit a little bit heavier in the sense that as I've been, you know we've been following through and I've been talking about the you know the sort of phenomenological language of the horizon of meaning, the nomadic field of meaning. In other words, trying to perceive in this field of meaning, when, when we look out in the world, uh, we see we focus on things that have meaning to us, and we ignore those other things. You know, uh, so that we we have what basically think of a sort of a field where we have uh, a few places of sort of meaning, and where we have that sort of nomadic experience and then it's it's sort of surrounded by a whole host of irrelevances as we go through now the real question is is what do i consider to be meaningful and what do i consider to be irrelevant and i already know what my field of meaning my horizon of meaning looks like and i wanted to know more about i wonder what st jones would look like because i was infused with this desire you know what i call the divine glance using theresian language was really um, an infusion of desire to uh, to to know, and and that's kind of a really a beautiful experience is to have 
a, a, a meaningful, in other words, not to understand what the meaning was, but to have a meaningful experience, which I'll explain in just a second. And so that's a really beautiful experience, and it's been absolutely a marvelous journey for me, and that's why I come and I share it on the podcast. But I want to take you through this little exercise that uh, I did, uh, and it's, it's I kind of called it a metaphysics of the divine glance. I, you know, I, I, I thought maybe we could uh, develop a metaphysics of the divine glance, but I want to kind of take you through it because it's really the, it's the next step. So if you kind of get how the horizon of meaning, we want to see things through St. Joan's eyes. And then as we, the thing about the, the field of meaning is, in phenomenology is you see these points of meaning and then you start to make connections between them. And, and as you make connections between these points of meaning, they develop into a, a picture, which is how you, uh, you know, your view, your, your overall expansive view of, of the world. Well, we all have that. We, we wake up and just go through that. Um, and our, our map of, of meanings mapped together. We already know what they are. What I was interested in was, okay, if, if, this was, if this is a meaningful aspect of Joan's life, and this is a meaningful aspect of Joan's life, if I put enough of those together, I wonder what if I, can I start mapping that together in a way that might resemble uh, her view of the world? I don't, I, I don't know, but it's, you know, an interesting exercise. And then, of course, we want to stay within the bounds of, of the teaching of the church. We want to, I always say, Thomas, you know, scholasticism was really always the boundaries of what I call the trail of the dogmatic creed, which was my journey. And, you, you know, you kind of want to make sure that you don't go off in the dark woods somewhere, but you can pursue your dis- the discovery uh, with a fair amount of confidence if you uh, can stay within the bounds of, of that scholasticism and the, and the magisterial teachings of the church and, and, and the dogma. So that's always been my uh, goal and my attempt and, uh, you know, pray that I have, that I've done that. So the, the, uh, the opening of this little piece is in a single moment, a divine glance one day in October of 2008, our Lord and Our Lady imbued my soul with a preeminent and lifelong devotion to St. Joan of Arc. It was a thunderous instance of meaning that struck like a lightning bolt and with the same intensity that Joan displayed in her short life on earth. And that's a quote that I had written. So uh, the, the development of the next phase for me was as follows. The first movement uh, this divine glance is that of grace through divine providence. And in the language of Edith Stein, we refer to this as the divine glance, or actually it's Theresian language, or an unreflective certainty in uh, Edith Stein's language. And this is what I say, you know, call the Holy Spirit through the Immaculate Heart of Mary enlightens our consciousness in an, in an instant. That's what I mean by that intuitive certainty. What we receive intuitively is, is meaning. However, the substance of the meaning is not self-evident. So we just recognize it as meaning. And that, that's, that's really what, what it was for me. I, I knew something, I'd been impacted and, and infused with something meaningful. I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> didn't know what it meant, but I knew it was meaningful. And that's the journey. I mean, that's the pursuit. That's, in my mind, that's the Lord and the Holy Spirit calling you. 
here's a moment of meaning. Now your journey is to find out what it means. So in line with that, I, you know, the divine glance experienced as, I, what I say is receiving meaning without understanding. So we receive meaning without understanding. And it can be likened to the cloud of unknowing, you know, spiritually, mystically, uh, but it's not clear that the two descriptions are the same phenomenon. I don't know that they're the same. Uh, but the divine glance uh, presents what, what I have posed as three challenges that we have to advance in order to, to, to kind of make sure, I guess, to feel comfortable that we're compatible with the you know, objective scholasticism of the church and, and uh, magisterial teachings. And so these, these three that I identified were three questions. Um, the first one is, what does it mean that something's meaningful? So what does that even mean that something's meaningful? All right, the next question was or is, what does the meaning we have received mean? In other words, what is it? And the third question is, what is the meaning of the meaning? <laughs> that is, why did I receive this meaning? So the, so the first of these is ontological in nature. Uh, what, is, you know, what does it mean that something's meaningful? What, what is meaning? And the second one is phenomenological. So, you know, what is, what is it? What, is the, what, what does the meaning I have received mean? And that's a very phenomenological thing. I've, I've received a, something, and now I need to investigate it. And that is the second part, which I call phenomenological. And then the last one's teleological. That is, has to do with uh, purpose, or, our ultimate purpose in life. And that is, what is the meaning of the meaning? Why did, why did I receive it? So that, that was really kind of where I went, you know, with this next was, all right, what, what does this even mean? I mean, what, what does it mean that I have had this, this incredible experience? This, suddenly my, my desire is to reorient my life, to completely reorient my thinking in my life to pursue this. You know, I felt it was a, a call through my Catholic faith, through the Lord and Our Lady, through a moment of grace, and it had to do with St. Joan of Arc. And as I mentioned in previous uh, shows, as Catholics, we know that the, the, Lord, the Lord likes to work through other people. We, we go directly to the Lord, but he likes to work through other people. And I felt very strongly that the Lord and Our Lady were saying, we want you to pay attention to St. Joan of Arc. And we have something to tell you through her, and uh, we want you to journey with her um, in grace, and the Holy Spirit will will guide you. And and that that was really the the feeling. So I I had to say, okay, how do I go about the journey then? And that was when I began to understand that the first thing I need to do is understand that we all have maps of meaning, we have horizons of meaning, and and I wanted to kind of I know what mine is. And I, you know, I'm tired of mine. <laughs> Mine's not the greatest, and uh, my thinking hasn't been the greatest. I'd like to see if I can maybe journey to see a little bit more about what Jones is. And it led me to these three questions, and it, and they were ontological, phenomenological, and teleological, which which I think is is really comprehensive. So what does what does it even mean? I need to define like what do I even mean when I say something's meaningful. 
And then I need to say, well, what is it that I received that was meaningful? So I've received meaningful, what, what is it? And then the last one being, okay, now finally, what, you know, why, why did I receive this? What was the purpose of receiving this? And so I'm going to, I'll follow up in um, future uh, podcast because I have sort of a whole, uh, I guess what you might call metaphysics of this divine glance developing. And this is the first step is to identify those three key questions that um, will aid us in moving forward in a, in, a, in a spiritual journey using the influence of the phenomenology of Edith Stein and, of course, other phenomenologists, as I have mentioned, but I don't rely on uh, secular and, and non-Christian phenomenologists and modern philosophers to influence my, my overall metaphysics. I guide that all through St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross because she's the one that put it all together. She's the one who took her phenomenology and mapped it to the scholasticism of Thomas Aquinas. She reconciled those two, and I think that's just an, uh, that's just been a, a lifesaver for me. It, it really has. So that's kind of where we are now is we have three really important questions that we need to work on, uh, and I will um, pursue those in future podcasts. So I hope you enjoyed that. Look forward to doing the next one for you. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.